0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, miscellaneous edition. I don't know we got a bunch of things to talk about. There's not a, there's not one driving topic today. Um, my name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC, and I am joined from the
1: Ocala Gazette. Hi, everyone. I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you?
0: Good. What is it exactly that you do here?
1: Um, I talk about hockey with you. That's what I do here. Yeah,
0: well. <laughs> okay. I, I, that's,
1: a, that's a joke that
0: I like to, um, I'm looking for the right situation to use that in. Mostly when I'm trying to shit talk my own team. Like when I watch, like when I watch Robert Hag. if I had the opportunity to meet Robert Hag, I might ask him, what is it that you say you would do here? What is it exactly that you do here again? Something along those lines.
1: But that's me screaming at like the sharks' entire bottom six. So I shouldn't say that because they're basically playing the kids at this point. But
0: we can talk about that in a little bit. But I if you if you don't mind, I would like to get the ball rolling here. Or the puck um, dropped? What? Yeah, do you mean the puck dropped? I'm gonna get the ball rolling here um because i, I want to start in the great white north in alberta because we have in the past been very critical i don't maybe we've been critical of mcdavid and dry in the past because they they do not play defense like their offensive production is great and everything um in, in seasons past, we've kind of mentioned how their their lack of defense kind of undoes a lot of the offense that they create, um, but that is no longer true. They are now doing all of the things, and they're doing all of the things well, and they are doing all of the things on a level that is, I think I saw a tweet earlier today, I forget who it was, had a graph, um, I think Dom replied to it or something, I think that's why I saw it. Um, That they are performing on a level greater than the best Crosby and Malkin seasons.
1: Yeah, I believe that is Dom's graph. But yeah, you know, like they're doing things so well that the Oilers are actually just barely in playoff contention this time around.
0: That's the thing I was going to talk about. So
1: McDavid has 24 points,
0: Dreisidel has 22 points. In our season preview, I said, you give these two guys. Three NHL-caliber defensemen, and I thought they had three NHL-caliber defensemen. They're making the playoffs, particularly in this um, division. That's kind of the position that they're in right now, although they are in the last playoff spot in this garbage division of the North. Um, the, the the Well, but they played two more game games than the Flames, and if the Flames win those two games, then that bumps them out. Um, and actually, I looked at it, I looked at the schedule. They play the Flames tonight. So at the time of this recording, they are a 500 team. And they are a 500 team. And they have the two leading points producers in the NHL. And it's not particularly close. Um, McDavid at 24, Drysdale at 22. And the next closest is Mitch Marner at 17. How do you have those two doing what they're doing and end up five hundred.
1: Yeah, the Oilers are kind of a strange case where they actually decided to put someone with like some sort of scoring capability with uh, McDavid, in uh, Jesse Um uh, and okay, I guess like you know N- Nugent Hopkins too. Uh, but I really meant like that third spot. He, like he like, exists. No, but I meant I meant like that third spot was previously like you know a pylon like. Uh, Zach Cassian, or you know whatever something like that right but they actually have someone who actually has some skill in Jesse Puglio Yarby who looks like a totally new player this year Yeah, and they kind of did the same thing with Dreisaitl I mean Kyle Yamamoto is a pretty decent player and you know Dom Cahoon isn't a total waste of space so I mean they actually have a functional top six for once as opposed to just a top two but the weird thing is that like McDavid has been like a two-way center this year so far. And it's weirding me out. Yeah, he's taking the puck from players. Yeah, uh Connor McDavid is uh fifth on the Oilers in expected goals against per sixty. Ah, uh, granted, Leon Dreisidel still isn't playing like defense this year, but that's top not five it. good, right? Not not that yeah. he's allowing the most. Okay. He has the fewest expected fewest. goals against. Okay. sixty or the fifth in the top five goals against for sixty. Yeah, okay, for the Oilers, and that's not. I mean, that doesn't count. Me, I don't know. Anyway, whose model so, is that? They they really should be third. This is natural stature. Okay, McDavid should really be third because. Gaten Haas, and William Lagos, and I played a combined five games, so I'll just throw those out. But still, good stuff. Yeah, I, and I,
0: I do want to be complimentary of these players because these are players that we have been critical in the past, and now there's nothing to be critical of. Um, but I, I guess now I draw my ire at the Edmonton front office because when McDavid was drafted, I kind of had this feeling of, well, there goes his career. He's going to an organization that is run poorly. I think it was still um, Chiarelli at that point. And Chiarelli is going to, yeah, I don't know. Um, Chiarelli. Um, But at some point I was like, okay, if they put some pieces around them, this could be a very competitive team. And now you throw Sidle into the mix and, they mix and they don't even have to put a, a decent team. They just have to have a league average team and I don't know if they've done that.
1: I don't know. I mean, they're fourth in their division. That's pretty much like spot on for league average. Well, no,
0: but I mean, the supporting cast just has to be league average. And if you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, that's no longer a league average team. That oh, be yeah. Like,
1: like the team.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: The supporting cast is not league average.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying is if they just have a league average supporting cast, that's a competitive team, or it should be a competitive team. And somehow they have got those two pieces and done nothing with it, and they're a 500 team. And I thought going into the season that finally they were going to have some sort of support with the moves that they made. I'm not sure that that's still true they might have some, but not nearly enough to really make this a competitive team. At least not yet. Maybe we'll see it as the season unfolds, but that is admit, like, get it together. Like, you, you've you got two. You just need, like, what, 18 other guys that are not
1: not even good, but, like, NHL caliber players. I really need to see some splits with that uh, the Oilers, or sorry, with uh, McDavid and uh, dry you know when this episode goes up i'll I'll post uh like one of micah's charts with like without mcdavid and dry
0: yeah
1: just just so you can see i mean they're currently 24th in the league in Corsi c4 percentage according to natural stat trick uh, that's with mcdavid and dry just you know putting pucks in the net left and right and they're 15th and expected goals for percentage. So like, that's not bad, but it's just like, how is the rest of your team like that bad? And I, I, I know
0: there have been like top heavy teams in the past. Um, most recently, the example that I think of is the Bruins of the last few years have been pretty top heavy, relying on those top two lines, maybe a, a defensive pairing or two. Uh, they seem to be more complete this season. I think from what I've seen, um, Maybe up front, but I would. I would disagree I, on the back end. Is, this just seems so like extreme of having. Yep, these are our two players,
1: and nothing else. Yeah, and I would also argue that part of the reason why McDavid and Drysaitel's points totals are so high is that well, they just got done playing the Senators and the Maple Leafs. Yeah. So and they also played against the Canucks earlier.
0: So is there, is there just no defense in the Canadian division?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Because, I mean, this... the Canucks don't have it. The Maple Leafs pretty much don't have it. You know, the centers definitely don't have it. Plus, their goaltending is just, uh, let's not talk about it.
0: Is this the Big 12 of the NHL?
1: Yeah, it actually sounds about right, I would say. <laughs> like... I, I would say the only team that can really play defense is Montreal. Yeah. Because uh, certainly, like, the Jets don't have it.
0: <laughs> so who's who's Texas Tech in this analogy?
1: Probably Edmonton. Yeah. Right, because I'm thinking of, like, when Cliff Kingsbury was there and they had Patrick Mahomes and still went, like, 6-6 six and six every year or yep. whatever, 6-7-5. six, six seven, and five. That's basically the Oilers, right? You got McDavid and you got Dreisaitl. Okay who's on the field for or who's on the ice for half the game, basically between the two and the rest of the team is just garbage. Who
0: is Texas? And why is it the Maple Leafs?
1: Because they're the name brand of the, uh, well, I guess Toronto might, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out between Montreal and uh, Toronto, who like the name brand would be like, I feel like Oklahoma is like the brand of the big 12 Mm -hmm. more so than Texas. Okay. But I can see, I can see Texas and Toronto because everyone's always saying, "Hey, Toronto's back. This is the year they're going to like win a playoff series."
0: Was the Ted Lasso line used to be really great? Haven't won a title in a really long time. Uh, yes, that one. Uh, I
1: believe that's about Liverpool. Yeah. And the Dallas Cowboys. And the down the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah.
0: So that's that was that was my that was my monologue for today. Yeah, is, it's something that's like. How how long has McDavid been in the league and you haven't been able to figure this out yet? Like, I know they already wasted their chance with his, having McDavid on a rookie contract with one playoff push. But, like, how... Do, you have McDavid on a rookie deal and he doesn't even need to develop and you make the playoffs once? Or you go on one playoff run, I guess, you could say. I don't know. They might have made the playoffs a few other times. But, like...
1: Yeah, I like to like, point out that the Edmonton Oilers have made, like, the actual playoffs um, since, like, 2006, like, twice. And they've won a grand total of four playoff series, and two of them are against the Sharks. So, you know, that's just how things go for us. So, so the uh, the other team I want to point out in the North before we move on is Montreal's kind of good this year. I don't know if you've noticed. A little bit, yeah. Like, Tyler Toffoli is leading the league in goals with nine. I'm not really quite sure how that happened, but Montreal is just putting pucks in the net left and right, which is really weird because for the last like couple of years, really, I mean, just ever since they hired Claude Julian, they've been a team that has underperformed compared to their, you know, sort of advanced stats, I would say. But so for right now, Um, They're actually overachieving and overachieving by a lot. (laughs) What's up? I was I was about to say. So, so you're saying that this is
0: they they weren't predicted to be as bad as they have been in the past. Like yeah, largely you would predict them to trend positively because they've been underachieving.
1: Yes and no. Uh, I would say that the Canadians have had a lot of expected goals in the past but not a lot of actual goals right uh, but this year it's the opposite which is okay. weird because they have a bunch of guys who really haven't like historically overperformed their you know expected goals numbers right so it's it's really weird seeing them start off the season like this like they're shooting their top 10 team in shooting percentage right now which is crazy at least at you know five one five
0: have you considered? They ain't played nobody.
1: Yeah, I mean they really haven't played anyone. Throw them in the SEC, see what happens. A joke, a joke. Um I mean, it certainly helps that they've had a lot of games against, like the Canucks and the Flames, who are you know off to a kind of a weird start this year. But oh, and the Senators, obviously. But. I mean, like, that's what good teams do, right? Like, they take care of the bad teams. You can only play the teams that are in front of you.
0: I I joke about the SEC stuff, but, like, I would like to see them try. I would like to see
1: Canadians versus, like,
0: Bruins or Canadians versus Capitals.
1: I I also would say that all this is strange, or especially strange, because Carey Price has an 899 on the year. So, they might want to figure that one out. Mm. I would say no, it's I, fine. They got Jake Allen. I would consider that not good. But again, they got Jake Allen. It's fine. Yeah, but you're not paying Jake Allen like an endless amount of money this year. You know, I mean, they're still paying Jake Allen a lot, but you know, you're, you're... Care price is being paid a lot to suck in net this year.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was mostly joking.
1: I know, I know. Okay. Okay, so I wanted to point out that for as much as people like to dunk on the Southeast for not being a hockey market, they've got three really good teams this year. Yeah.
0: Like. Well, depends on how you define really good. We're 12 games in. Some of these teams have only played eight.
1: Yes, well the problem with them being southeastern teams is that they also play in markets that have COVID problems. But <laughs> so you, oh, got yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you got the Lightning who are seven, one and one. You got the Panthers who are six, O oh, and two, and the Hurricanes who are six, two, and oh. And let's let's throw the stars in there. Because the
0: stars, I know it's depends on where you want to draw the line at southeast, but they just came from a Stanley Cup appearance, right? They played eight games. They're five two and one. That's pretty good.
1: They've got Joe Pavelski who's just tearing it up right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you win if you played eight games and you win five in regulation,
1: you are doing all right. They're yeah, all right. my only problem though is that if you're claiming the stars, I'm afraid you have to claim the Predators who are just kind of meh.
0: Why do you have to claim the? Pre- We're talking. I know you said southeast. But we're talking about the good teams in the southeast.
1: Fair. But I will say I'm really surprised by the Panthers. I thought, yeah. you know, they might hover around like playoff contention like that fourth or fifth spot, but I mean, I didn't haven't see them going to top 5. They haven't yet. Yeah. Like I mean, granted they've played the Predators and the Red Wings and the Blackhawks and I think the Blue Jackets when they didn't have either PLD or, um, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick lining, but Semantic. again, that's what good teams do is they take care of the bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. They don't lose to the senators. Well, they wouldn't play the senators, but
0: right. But I'm reminded that the Senators have, I think, two regulation wins and they're like against the the Leafs and the Canadiens
1: or something. I think they have just one win. I think it was against the Leafs. Sorry, they do have two wins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) But like the Panthers are a top 10 team in expected goals for percentage by. Or, you know, according to natural stat trick. And they're also, let's see, ninth in Corsi four percentage. So, you know, maybe not necessarily world beaters or anything, but that's still a significant improvement from where they were last year. I still want to wait and see how they do, because they do have that series coming up with the Panthers, or with the, <laughs> the Panthers are playing the Panthers. They do have that <laughs> series coming up with the Lightning. The Lightning. Go. Ooh. So I think that will really help us try to figure out what exactly the Panthers are. Do you,
0: if the Panthers keep winning, Do you, weren't there like Mike Hoffman, or not Mike Hoffman, Keith Yandel trade rumors earlier? Yeah, there were. If they keep winning, do they trade Keith Yandel?
1: I mean, from a strictly on ice perspective, no. Um, from a financial perspective, I don't know.
0: <laughs> no. But I don't know. Fantastic answers. Um, yeah. I, and I guess that's the other the other part of the, the Panthers, what makes them special compared to like, you know, we want to talk about the teams in the Southeast, right? The lightning, the hurricanes, the stars, and the Panthers. Not not you predators. Uh, not today. Um uh, the, the thing with the Panthers is I don't think I don't think either of us had them making the playoffs in this division. I know I didn't. I had them.
1: I'm pretty sure I didn't. I had
0: them sixth. Except I had them behind had like the Predators or
1: something. So, but also, moving outside of the state of Florida. Oh boy, the Hurricanes are fourth in expected goals for percentage. Heyo, and yeah, you know, they're they're clicking at a fifty-six point eight. Corsi four percentage. So, I mean, they're just being your typical Hurricanes. And by 56.8, I mean, that's literally the best in the league right now. That's uh,
0: pretty good, pretty good.
1: Also Peter Morazic when healthy has been like the best goalie in the league. So I also didn't see that one coming. Okay.
0: Okay. But as a Flyers fan, fuck that guy, because apparently he's good at goal. He's a good goalie. Unless he's in Philadelphia, and then he doesn't know how to turn left. He just forgot that he can turn his body the other direction. So he did like a, not a three sixty, but he went three quarters of the way around the other way. And I was like, "What, what are you doing, sir?" And now he now he's in Carolina,
1: and he's good again.
0: I I don't understand. Goalies
1: are voodoo man. I mean, they are hard to really understand year to year. I don't think you should really approach any year expecting good goal timing. You just go, I hope our goalie is going to do well and go from there. You sound like someone who's running the Carolina hurricanes right now. I thought you were going to say that I sound like someone who's a Sharks fan, but
0: well, but no, that would make sense if the Sharks were good at five on five.
1: That's a low blow, but I get it.
0: All right. Whereas the Hurricanes are built to win five on
1: five. Listen, I'm still living in 2019, okay? At least when it comes to hockey. Mm. That sounds dangerous.
0: Have fun, though. It's okay. I'm still living in 2017 when it comes to college football. So,
1: random stat uh, that I'm looking at uh, as I'm browsing through Natural Statric. The Los Angeles Kings, despite the fact that they've played 10 games, have an expected goals for percentage of thirty nine point two. If you have less than 50 percent of the expected goal share, is that good? Uh, no. And like nobody sniffs like below 40. Like I don't know well, what the Kings are doing <laughs> to be that bad. Are they or are they not ahead of the Sharks? Ah, unexpected goals. They're the worst team in, the, in league. the standings. You know what? Standings are just an illusion. <laughs> Actually, the Kings are behind them. So,
0: I was going. But was gonna, only on
1: points percentage because they both have eight points. I was going to pull a Ted
0: Lasso and go. <laughs> Wins and losses are not my measure of success, or something along those lines. I forget what exactly he says. And then Coach Beard has to correct him with, "No, that was fine when we were talking about kids. These are adults. There are consequences to losing." Yeah, I mean, I would say so. Yeah. So when you when you say the standings are an illusion, I have to remind you, no, there are consequences to losing. Okay. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna move on yeah we're just gonna move on are we that. done talking about the, i guess i had one other thing um go for it because i was just going to comment on what you were talking about with the expected goals with the panthers um so i guess my question would be if they are in the top 10 in expected goals we would expect them to keep winning
1: yeah i mean it's trending up for them or not i mean i don't know they're not, like, greatly overperforming. Like, I wouldn't expect them to come crashing down to earth unless, you know, once they actually start playing decent teams, those expected goals numbers start to dip.
0: Let's let's check back on them in a week after they've played the Lightning twice. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like... I feel like this might be deceptive.
1: I don't know. I don't know about... I mean, it's certainly out of the blue, and, like, I didn't expect the Panthers to come out you know, swinging like this, but, you know, it's not like they're getting dominated and scoring on, you know, once every, you know, like eight shots or whatever. Right. Right. They're, you know, things are going well for them. They're playing well and they're winning.
0: And I guess the other thing with the Panthers is the last time we saw them before the season started was in the bubble where they just could not create anything.
1: Yeah, that was and a pretty. They were down like series. they were down
0: like two goals in the third period, and they aren't doing diddly.
1: Granted, they were playing the Islanders, and the Islanders just sort of suck the soul out of everyone that plays them. But
0: not this season, apparently. It's they early. are not having a good time.
1: I, I refuse. After the last couple of years of going, oh, the Islanders are going to suck, and then they don't. I'm not going to run my little victory lap until I don't know. Like oh, the day before the Islanders are officially out of playoff contention?
0: I'm right there with you, but they're running out of time to figure it out. This is a short season. I mean, they played, what, 12 games ish? I don't have my standings up to where they've played. Oh, they played nine games. They've played nine. Nine games.
1: So I guess they've got a little bit of time. It doesn't help that they've only scored 19 goals in nine games. It's I would consider like- that bad.
0: It's almost like investing in a fourth line
1: doesn't help you score goals. I suppose. Do you want to, do you want to talk about your team? I mean,
0: I don't have a whole lot to say on my team right now.
1: It was a pretty heartbreaking finish last night. I caught the end of it. It's
0: a heartbreaking finish a couple of nights ago as well. Just two third period meltdowns by the flyers. Um, They, like, a couple nights ago, they had the game wrapped up. I think they had a 3-1 lead. I could be mistaken. 3-1 lead and just blew it and lost it in overtime. Couldn't stay out of the box. Um, But they are, I mean, they're not playing that well, but they have found ways to win, and somehow JVR is leading the team in, in goals and points. Like, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that in uh, after after what is it three weeks now, of hockey, um, give or take. Yeah. J JVR is going to lead the team in points. I would not. I'd be like, I mean, I would believe you, but like, it's kind of weird. Not, not Claude Giroux, not Travis Konecny, but I guess the encouraging thing about the Flyers is they found ways to win without Sean Couturier. He's been missing for a large chunk of this early going. And even though they haven't been playing well, they found ways to rack up seven wins in reg seven wins in twelve uh twelve games. Which is pretty good. Pretty good. Um without their number one
1: center. I guess my question is Is any team other than Boston good in that division?
0: I feel like I feel like we ask this about every division.
1: I don't know about that. I would say we asked if anyone in the, in the Canadian division is going to play defense. I would say that there I, are a few like good teams in that division, but like, I don't know. Boston is good. Right. But flyers, yeah. the flyers are seven, three and two, despite they're pretty poor on ice results this year. Yep. And I don't Capitals. know. What's, I don't know what's going on with Carter Hart. Uh, The Capitals are finally getting their team back together after, you know, their little COVID party. And the Penguins are hurt beyond belief. And Mm. the Devils, they're not going to be part of this conversation, I don't think. And the Rangers are still trying to trade their, we'll go with problematic defensemen. And then the other two teams in that division are the Sabres and the Islanders.
0: Yeah, I think this division looked a lot harder when we thought the Islanders were at least going to be decent and challenged for that playoffs, and they still might, because like you said, never count out Barry Trotz. Um, so if they can figure it out, I mean, they've got three wins in nine games. That's not good, but I think they could they could definitely pass New Jersey, New York, and Buffalo pretty quickly. And then it would just be a matter of trying to get past the penguins at some point or whoever Uh, and i am confident that the the flyers have the talent there and they'll be able to figure out that they have a good team um and be you know have better performances than they've shown so far so i'm confident that it's there when we'll see it i'm not sure hopefully when sean couturier
1: comes back we'll see a little bit more this might be just because i'm a little Biased, but I feel like the team to watch for in that division, aside from Boston, might actually be Pittsburgh. Just because I feel mm-hmm. like at some point I know that their goaltending duo of Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari is pretty blich. Yes, but at some point you would have to expect like them to finally not be goalied into the ground. Their on ice results are pretty good, as far as Corsi and expected goals. They just haven't gotten enough saves to win games. And their power play has been pretty garbage. But, you know, I don't, uh, at least I would hope that the Penguins aren't going to have an 890 save percentage at five on five for the rest of the season. You know, yeah. was, that's, that's almost still better than the centers who sit at 879. So it's really an <laughs> 880. But how does it compare
0: to the Shark goaltending?
1: Um, so it's. Ottawa has the worst save percentage at 8.79 at 5.15 or 8.80. Um, And then the Penguins and the Sharks are basically tied. The Penguins have like an 8.90 flat, and then it's like an 8.90.4 for the Sharks. So
0: I'm I'm doing some math here. Hashtag free Gibby. What what would the Penguins give uh Anaheim for goaltending?
1: Oh, the you wanna put the Pittsburgh kid back in Pittsburgh?
0: Is he from Pittsburgh?
1: I think so. Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. Oh.
0: Well, I just want Gibson out of Anaheim. You know?
1: Yeah, I know, but free the penguins aren't hashtag
0: really free, tweet hashtag free Gibby at us. Um is Anaheim's not going to sell him, though. Is are they?
1: No, no, no. Plus, I, I, the okay. Penguins are still looking for a general manager right now, so that kind of complicates things. Can you imagine, like a like an interim guy making like a big blockbuster trade? No, that would be hilarious. Regardless of the give team. me the
0: job or I'll do it. Give me the job or I'll do it. I'm I'm on the phone now. It's ringing.
1: <sighs> but yeah, like before I, uh, last night. <laughs> Before last night, I was all I was all aboard the John Gibson is back sort of thing, right? I love John Gibson. I think he should have gotten a Vesna for being stuck behind some just really bad Anaheim defenses for the last like couple years. Last year he wasn't so good, but this year, like, yeah, he was. I think before last night he was like top five in goal save above expected, or at least he was close. And then against the Sharks last night, he was bad. And I don't know how you do that against the Sharks of all teams.
0: Well, I saw the Ducks try to starfish. And that was uh, that was interesting.
1: Yeah, the, the first period was bad for the Ducks, and Gibson was fine. It was just after that where he was just weirdly bad against, again, the Sharks of all teams. I, I don't know what to do with that. Like... You figure with, with John Gibson in that and the Ducks up three to one going into the third period that like that should have been easy. And it just wasn't like they gave up a shorthanded goal and sorry, they gave up like a goal like five seconds into the third period and then they give up a shorty and then Gibson misplays the puck behind Shawty. the net and all of a sudden the Sharks are winning. Like, I don't know. That game last night, I stayed up for it and I shouldn't have. That was... Legitimately just bad hockey. Granted, there were goals involved, so it wasn't like that bad to watch. But I I was still just watching like God, like these teams are both bad. Like <laughs> this is this is a tank bowl here.
0: Well, but Anaheim's only one point out of a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, because that division is three teams and a bunch of dumpster fires.
0: Well, I thought you said both teams were tanking. I don't know if
1: that's necessarily true. The Ducks are, I guess, stealth tanking, but like nobody in that division is good outside of the top three. Like the wild sitting at a perfectly solid zero goal differential is like the most Minnesota wild thing to do.
0: The perfectly average team.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it might help now that the Sharks actually have a home to play at and they're finally not on the road. But on
0: the road again.
1: I mean, the Sharks still haven't played a home game. Even like a quote unquote home game, right? All of their games have been true road games to start the year. And they still have
0: That's rough, buddy.
1: Yeah. It's it's been a weird start to this season for, for them. If
0: it's any consolation. I think if there was a year to be bad, this is it.
1: Oh yeah, you can make a you know, a world of excuses. No, well not just
0: excuses, but you know, it at some point, the Sharks are need going to gonna go through some sort of rebuilding year, I, I, from what from an outsider's perspective. And if this is the year you play poorly and get a high draft pick, sure, right? Rather sit through fifty six of those games than eighty two.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, when the Sharks lost to the Blues, and I was really upset, thinking about how the Sharks might have to rebuild, or you know, they'll never win a cup with. With Joe Thornton. And that was all the way back in 2012. So that really goes to show you how far this team has gone. Here we
0: are, and Joe Thornton is still playing.
1: Well, he's hurt right now, but
0: Joe Thornton is still in the league.
1: There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, did uh, Did you have anything else? So, Vegas. We're not talking about Vegas. <laughs> we can talk about it. Didn't, I didn't
0: have anything to mention uh, uh, with Vegas. Okay. I just, I just, yeah.
1: I, I got I, the reaction I was looking for. Let's just say I'm very glad that this Sharks, or I still haven't had to watch the Sharks play Vegas this year yet. But yeah, so. I guess the last thing. Okay.
0: Shout out to friend of the pod, Andrew Kopp. Uh According to. Um, evolving Wild or evol- Evolving Hockey? Evolving Hockey? Evolving, um, yeah,
1: evolving Wild is the twins. And then they're, they have a website called Evolving Hockey, and that website also has its own Twitter profile. It's weird.
0: According to Evolving Hockey, um, Andrew Cop is in the top five of uh, expected goals for. So, Andrew Cop, congratulations. I'm sure he listens to this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Because we've been, we've been complimentary of his game in the past. Uh,
1: to clarify, you mean individual expected goals? Yes. At even strength, yes. To to clarify that further, he's in the same company as Connor McDavid, Brady Kachuk, and Brendan Gallagher. And, and Connor Garland, the legend. But yeah, so follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GritPer60Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at bfarrell 727 and TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And thank you for listening and have a good one.